Hello? Yo, what's going on, bro? What's going on, Chief? Can you hear me fine? Yeah, I can hear you good. All right, good. Make sure the connection is straight. All right, so, you know, here we are again. Welcome to the All Is Well podcast. Of course, a conversation between friends. I am the the host, I guess, here, uh, you know, Garrett, a.k.a. Mr. Winfrey. I'd like to welcome Dave Haddon. I appreciate you, bro, coming out. I appreciate you taking the time. What's going on with you? First, let's start off by saying congratulations on the podcast. I know it was a slow pace coming, but you achieved your goal and you are doing it. So I just want to give you your flowers now, man. Congratulations and much success as you continue on your podcast journey. I just want to start there. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Definitely. Uh, I, I definitely was kicking this around for. Uh, honestly, about two years. Well, we're here now. So that's like, a good... I, I didn't know, you know, who who would I talk to, who would be interested in even talking to me, like, because it's just a conversation. This right. isn't like, you know, I'm not really interviewing you. This is just a conversation trying to, right. you know, I, I feel like I originally started this or wanted to start this because I felt like I couldn't find any podcast for black men. Definitely. Um, you know, especially, you know, talk about our mental health or just the issues that we go through day to day. So we'll touch on some of that throughout. So how you feeling today, man? You all right? Uh, yeah, man, it's a good Sunday. I've uh, been a little productive this morning. I'm working on a closet uh, redo project in my house. So that's been taking up a lot of time and a lot of space. But outside of that, man, I'm doing good. Nice, nice. So let's start here. Well-being, how is your mental health today? Today is a is an upswing. You know, mental health is definitely something that swings in and swings out, uh, especially with our moods, our emotions, and stuff like that. So, you know, I have some I have some days recently where it's been kind of you know down, but I do have a plan of action that I do to try to bring myself back up and not stay in that negative space. Please, please don't, please don't. Definitely, I um, I understand that. Uh, for me, it's like depression depression is just i can be doing great for like shit i say a month you know what i'm saying then out of nowhere if i just sit too long you know what i'm saying maybe my grandmother across my mind and it's like damn you know uh, or, you know or just thinking about certain things of course of course it, it, man you will spiral you know that that rabbit hole is a real thing. I, I, I always say, you know, the brain is going to do what the brain does. A thought comes in. If we it's almost like if you click the button on that thought, it just opens you up to a rabbit hole of pop ups of like weird, <laughs> weird connections, things that it brings to your memories, past stuff. And you like, you know, how do I get out? How do I, I get forming rabbit hole that I'm in right now? One of the practices that I do and that I learned um, and not saying that it, every time it's a perfect work, but is pulling yourself out of those rabbit holes with facts. You know, our mm-hmm. thoughts aren't always facts. They're just random thought that the brain kicks out to us because of one thought or one one thing that's within us, you know. So mm-hmm. I like to pull myself out of the facts. What are the what am I thinking about and what are the facts of this situation? The facts become the latter that you're able to stand on and get out of the rabbit hole. That's the best advice I give for myself and I can give anybody else, man. Pull yourself out uh, overthinking rabbit holes and things like that with thought, with facts. That's helpful. 
Yeah. That's helpful. For me, I just try to I try to change my mind. But like as you said, you know what I'm saying, the brain don't do as much as you try to, you know, block it out or maybe keep yourself busy with something else, it'll find its way back in. Listen, it's a the brain is a powerful, powerful thing. Anything that can change your reality, <laughs> you have to give the utmost respect. And the brain is definitely that. Yeah, man. I hope you find your way to fight through it, man. And, and don't let it don't let it take you down, dog. Trust uh, me, I, I fight that fight as well. Oh yeah. And you know, it's funny because the older we get, especially for us men, the older we get, the more kind of acceptant accepting we are of our emotions and it's weird you know because you get older you start to feel more and it's almost like you allow yourself to be in those emotions with our which are a good thing but sometimes mm -hmm. we'll sit there and they become debilitating and we're not able to be productive or get up and those emotions and those thoughts will change your mood they will change uh they will manifest itself physically you can become ill and sick and and things like that. And I try to just be aware of that because, you know, as a father of three, a homeowner, a person who works and still has dreams and goals, I can't afford to just be debilitated by my emotional state or my mental health. So I try to work out, create routines that help me stay upbeat and on a positive swing. Also, so, as, oh, go ahead. I hate to cut you off, but the question that I just wanted to pose to you. How how beneficial do you think it would be for, okay, just nothing, but let's say just for yourself. When you were younger, how beneficial would it have been for you to have been able to speak with somebody openly about how you felt? Um, it's, it's funny because I think that is a very beneficial tool. One, it teaches us to accept our emotions. It teaches us how to acknowledge our emotions and, uh, how to process them in a a way that is helpful to us and although i didn't necessarily have like that one main person i had people here and there with little talks but it definitely would have been a little bit more helpful if i had somebody consistent especially a man because mm. you you can see how to deal with emotions with someone who is like you and mm -hmm. if all men aren't the same there are some general factors that we all carry and that definitely would have been a lot helpful for me, you know. I totally agree. Uh, for me, it was, well, I think, as we've spoken before, because, you know, we have many conversations and we're on our one of many bike rides. Um, it's when I was younger, as a man, you can't, like, supervisors or something like that, like, you can't just tell me to do something, you know? You right. have to you have to have spoken to me in a way that I feel okay, I don't mind going to do it. You know, even if like, hey, get cool with me. You have to ask me. I have to be comfortable to do this task. You're not gonna tell me what to do. Right. And that that I believe for me was part of, you know, not really having, you know, that, that male influence. Uh, all the time you know what i'm saying so i i definitely understand that um the benefits of males growing up with positive male influences are almost endless i mean one as you can tell as i'm a 41 year old male so there are some things that 
had I had that consistent male influence to help me mm-hmm. navigate life, there's a lot of things that I would have got a lot earlier and could have helped me uh, make better decisions and not maybe act so rational. Um, I mean, so irrational um, due to my emotional state. You know, I think that uh, for a lot of young men, especially today, that's what they're missing. They're missing fathers. They're missing mentors. They're exactly. Missing older men to help them navigate life. Exactly. I, the saying goes, if you can control your emotions, you can control your world. And growing up without someone helping you or guiding you to learn how to control that, acknowledge that and accept those emotions is it's, it's almost like a recipe for a disaster, you know, especially. And one of the biggest things, you know, for us men is love navigating love and the emotions, bad emotions and being able to have healthy relationships because we're not trusting or we don't know how to be vulnerable or, you know, things like that. And see, that's why I stated that is because of the today's youth. This is the, the, the way that, you know, we see what's going on in the world. And a lot of that I blame on our generation. Because our generation is the ones that we're now absent. True. You know, it's, and it's, it's, it's weird how we grew up. And when I say me, we, our generation, most mm-hmm. of us grew up without any male influence, right? So, of course, you know, we got the homies that we grew up with, some of our OGs who, you know, we uh, aspired to be like. But we held so much content towards our actual fathers if they were still alive like oh he's not around whatever whatever but you see how that just carried on with us or our generation of well you know maybe the mom ain't acting like I don't want to be here so now you're leaving your kid or maybe you just chose like hey there's something out here that I, I just gotta do what I gotta do and now for whatever reason you're in the prison system or whatever and that takes you away from your family. Right. And it's a, it's a, um, just like you said, the absence of the male, it creates a, a hole that a lot of young men are still trying to fill. The pro, a lot of, a lot of times they don't know what that hole is. And just like you said, for our generation, we grew, you have a lot of us who didn't grow up with fathers. Now I did have the benefit of growing up in a religious home. So I had a spiritual rooting and a, a foundation, you know, uh, with that through church and stuff like that. So I always had that. And that was very helpful. But I have a lot of friends who didn't have that. So they, and still to this day at 40 years old, they subscribe to a lot of hood logic. And I'm not saying all hood logic is bad, but there is some hood logic that doesn't work. Once you become older and you're responsible, and you have children and a family and relationships, some of that stuff does not work, you know, because you can't just leave. Oh, well, this situation is bad. I just got to go there's responsibility and you have a responsibility to raise your children and learn how to make things work. And because we didn't have that example of seeing someone making it work, fighting in a relationship in a healthy way to keep it going, to seeing the love and stuff like that, we can't teach it. If we don't have it, I can't teach it. And then it's just one, it's a snowball effect, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's where we are now. You have a lot of young men that are extremely angry. They're angry they don't know why they're angry. And a secret is anger is never a root emotion. It's a top emotion. 
So the anger is because there's another emotion that you either a don't understand or don't want to admit to. And in order to heal that wound or deal with that, you have to get to the root of it. But a lot of these men, they don't know what that root issue is and they don't know how to get there. You know, I'm an advocate for therapy, a huge advocate for therapy. My first stint was after a divorce. And uh, one of the, the best things that it brought to me was the, the power of journaling. In two ways, for me personally, journaling gave me an outlet. So when those thoughts would come or if I got angry because of divorce or certain things, I was able to write out whatever I was feeling. Honest, no judgment, just write it out and get it out at that moment. So I'm not stuck with it. And the benefit was later after I became better, I was able to go back to those journals, see where I was, where I came and take away things that maybe I wasn't able to see because of my emotional state right then. But reading my writing, it it allowed me to uh, think about things in a different perspective. And that actually helped me a lot to be able to forgive and move forward. And it's a practice I still do to this day. That was something that I I attempted, man. But I just, honestly, I just could not do it. Like, I know that I've read that, oh, it's it's best that, you journal, you know, what you dream or, you know, first thing in the morning, man, please. I get up four o'clock, four thirty in the morning, bro. It's not happening. Not, I am not journaling a thing. I'm just trying to focus on keeping these eyes open. You know, and I got to go to work in about two hours. I would say I had, I, it's not a continual practice like every day, but I have seasons to where I focus in on it because of the benefits. I actually, it's funny. I have a good friend of mine uh, by the name of Benjamin Hemingway. He has a company called Hustle For You Journal. It's mm-hmm. a production journal as well as a journal for mental health. And he teaches people how to, one, uh, journal to be productive, like putting on your goals, putting on your plans and seeing them on paper, having them formatted so you can stick to them and follow them. Also, it helps you uh, get uh, the word I'm looking for. Um Ah, sense of accomplishment because you can see you reaching your goals as you knock off things off the list and as well as for your own mental health like i say all kids just like you said earlier trust and feeling like you have a safe space to open up and that's that's key if you don't feel like they're safe people to talk to you won't open up and so you bottle all that stuff in and then you have the volcano effect as i stack and stack and stack eventually it's going to get to the top and there might be something small like, oh, McDonald's forgot my ketchup packet. Now I'm spazzing out because of all of these years of things that I've been holding in and can't come out. So, like I said, the Hustle for You journal is a great tool uh, for that. And he teaches teaches people how to journal as well. And like I say, it, it might not be for everybody. Some people prefer just to talk to people or have someone to talk to. And I, I hope that, you know, people do have safe people to talk to. Trust is a, is a big thing for a lot of people. A lot of people uh, have trust issues because of maybe past stuff or whatever. But if you find someone who you feel, try them out. You know, trust is an act, a action process. You have to try it out. You know, like you, you, you almost, people almost have to make it a, a, a absolute point to find real therapy because they, I, I, once again, just read, like, you can't really disclose how you're feeling to your friends. And it's not really something that you should do. 
However, I know you do. Some people do have great friends you can sit there and you can talk to. I know I have uh, a few that I can, you know, confide in if I need to, you know, right. self included. Um, but some people like, man, if you're not surrounded by the right people, man, you get to, you know, really try to maybe just trying to figure something out. Maybe you're not just trying to air your laundry, but you're really trying to figure something out. And these are the, these people will throw it in your face or they will tell somebody else your business. And it's, it's not a helpful thing, man. I've seen people go through that when you're trying to work through something and somebody else is treating it like a news topic. True. I mean, and you have, like you said, you have those people who are not the best people to talk to. That's when discernment comes into play. You kind of, you get a feel for it. And sometimes you know, and sometimes you're not sure. And if you're not sure, but you want to try it out because you, you think this person might be that, give them something that you don't mind sharing that they may not know. That's uh, only you would know, but not something that's so uh, secretive that you would be so concerned if it got out. You know, like yeah. I said, because in trusting, you have to try it. Some people you can feel like, oh, I feel this person is trusting and you try it and they're they're not. And some people you be like, I'm not sure, but I think they might be. You try and the next thing you know, you got a, a great person who is a trusting person, a safe person and can can help, you know, but it is a it is an action process, you know. But if you don't, you can always go the therapy route. Like I say, I'm big on that. You know, these people, this is what they do. They're trained to be that. They're a safe space, they're non-biased, and they can help you navigate your thoughts and get you on a path so you can either start your healing or wherever it is that you're trying to go. Sweet. Uh, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. Now, in regards to, I know, you know, journaling is something that you'll do. I know mm -hmm. they say to do it early in the morning. For me, it's focusing on not only what I want the day to look like, but trying to manifest what I want the year or, you know. So, as I was saying, I told my wife was everything that I have now and have experienced, I've manifested it, but I'm also having, you know, some, I'm experiencing some, like some issues with it. But I think that's because I wasn't specific enough. You know, when they tell you when you, you manifest something, you have to be specific, like to the letter. Yeah, I I um, I definitely am a believer in the power of manifestation. Man. What we spend most of our time thinking about, we bring to us. That's positive and negative, you know, and intention, like being specific and being intentional with your thoughts is important to help you manifest what it is that you want to bring to you. You know, and that takes that takes routines and practices because, you know, like we was talking earlier, the brain likes to toss some 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 things out there that would definitely throw you off or put you down a rabbit hole. But if you can stay focused, like I say, writing things out, having whiteboards in the bathroom, in the hallway that remind you that keep your mind on your goals and the things that you're trying to bring to you. Because like, I mean, it's truly, the more you think about it, the more that is your focus, you, it comes to you. And yeah, that they definitely say though, to write it down and you got to be careful though, how you do it. Case in point, I, I manifested a few years ago. It was like, Oh, we want, you know, my wife wanted a new car. Oh, we want to get my wife a new car. But the way that it came wasn't the most pleasant way. We ended up in a car accident, Ooh. right? Which put us 
you know, like we we were able to get through it, you know, because we had an extra vehicle. Praise the Most High! You know, at, at that time, we were able to navigate, but we ended up getting that new vehicle for. Her. But you see how I wasn't specific enough that's, in how I manifested that. That's true. I've been there as well. <laughs> I've been there like, oh, if I could just have this and you get that, it's like, wait a minute, this is not how I want it. Like, you didn't ask me. <laughs> it's not, it, you can't control how you get it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, exactly. if you're not, if you're not going to be specific about it, you cannot control it. Even, right. even then, you can be specific as you want to. It may, it still may not be favorable for you during that time. But you'll be able to get through that. You'll get to what you were looking for. Yeah, I, mean, I think that that goes into after you set a, after you have a thought of a goal or something that you want, then sitting down, writing it out, seeing what it looks like. How would this affect uh, things? Is this the right time for it? Do we have the space for it? Can we afford it or whatever? Writing all those things down so that way it can uh, make space for a clear, intentional ask. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So, quick question. Yes. Any, any shows you're watching? You're not, you don't strike me as a, a TV guy, but any shows you're watching at this time? I am. I definitely appreciate a good story anytime. Uh, my lady would probably say that I have horrible movie taste, but that's because I'll take a risk. I'm an art kid, so I like a good story, and I like to give things a chance. And, I mean, more often than not, I pick a lot of bad stuff especially when it comes to like movies that I'm giving chances to. So I take that risk, but every once in a while I stumble on some great things right now. I'm kind of just rolling back a couple of few things. I'm waiting on some stuff to come out and I'm waiting on some season twos to drop. But mm-hmm. I, one, one uh, show that I watched that I thoroughly enjoyed. If you like a good story that has a crazy twist to it, uh, something that's refreshing that you've never thought of before. It is a, uh, series called behind her eyes it's only one season i don't know if they're going to make a season two i hope they do but it's called behind her eyes and it talks it deals with astroplaning i don't uh know if everybody knows what that is astro projection excuse me so that's where when you dream and you have kind of like lucid dreams but you're able to navigate and control your dreams and step outside of where you currently are and travel in different things now how real this is, I don't know. Some people have spoken on it. I haven't done the deep research, but I will say, if you have the time and you want to watch something that is extremely well and will definitely uh, take your mind for a ride, Behind Her Eyes on Netflix is a great show. Okay, I'll put that on the list. Right now, I'm just waiting on, uh, I think it's season six, or I think it's season six of Succession. Ah, Succession. Oh, man, that is yeah. such a great show. I'm waiting. So I'm a big fan of, uh, I don't know if you know the show, Luther. It's a British show. Idris Elba plays the detective. I love that show, but I wish they would commit to just doing the show. Like first seasons, one through three were regular seasons. They take forever to come out. And then season four was like two episodes it's a great show. I love that show, but I'm waiting on them to commit to it because I want more more episodes. I haven't. I um uh, I seen it like previews for, it, but I just it, for me I just didn't seem like it was something interesting for me. I understood. I will yeah. say though, um, if, if you spend the time, you might like it. 
Maybe, man. It just, he, he, he didn't, lo- man, listen, he pissed me off with that Beast movie, man. I ain't gonna lie. That, that Beast movie was so trash, man. Me and my wife sat there and was watching it, man. We couldn't wait for it to go off. I firmly agree with you. I was not. Oh, my God. I had to watch <laughs> Like the hype, I was like, this might be good. And then when I said, I was like, okay, all right, let's move on. Oh up. my God. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I, I never wanted a kid to get harmed in a movie, man. <laughs> I'm like, man, his daughter is really pissing me off, man. Like, she got to shut problem. up. It was definitely a problem. <laughs> she got to shut up. She getting out the Jeep. He telling her to steal. She just, come on, man, with the attitude. This ain't the time to be mad, man. You got to. Listen, as a father, I have older kids, but when my kids are small, this is why you don't take your kids everywhere. You hear me? You don't t- look, that, that, <laughs> the, the safari, that ain't the place for your kids right now. Clearly, that ain't that, no family trip, man. <laughs> listen, that is, not, that is not the place for young children that don't listen. <laughs> no, sir. It is clearly not. Uh, latest book you read. What's the, what's the latest read? Uh, I am currently reading um, Dr. Miles Monroe. And excuse me if I mess up the title. It's not in front of me right now. It is... The purpose of man of men understanding the purpose of men, and it's something else in the title. But that is oh, a hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Is that the is that the uh, for the book club? Yes, th- I am currently reading. Oh, uh, so you cheating for the black man's book club? So, so you cheating? <laughs> I listen. I love that's the. It's not the. It's not the next book we're reading. This is the current book. So technically, exactly. I, you said we were starting at March. No, 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 no. We were we were starting in February at the end of with that book. At the end of February, you should be done with that book. Oh, you are cheating. You have to get in the group chat because that is not specific in the group chat. I will I will make that more specific than I will do. Oh, you cheating. Because I'm like, yo, I'm gonna buy it this week, get it on the uh on the Kindle, and I can read it, you know what I'm saying, while I'm on the go. It's well, I won't say anything about it, but I will say that's the current book that I'm reading. I am thoroughly enjoying it, and it is uh being a blessing to my life right now. And I will say this although it says understanding the purpose of men, it is a book for men and women. I strongly suggest both sexes to read the book, it is very helpful, it's definitely helpful in relationships. If you have sons, if you have a husband, it's helpful for both. Yeah, I'm gonna purchase that this week. You um, my latest one I'm reading is uh, the Dead Are Rising, which I should be able to finish today. Uh, it is regarding Malcolm X, and for me, I you know he's one of my favorite um, black historians. Yes, sir. Um, him, Frederick Douglass, like those are my guys. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that this book gives a more detailed look into his life. Okay. Throughout over time, I mean, like um, the biography by Alex Haley. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a really good read, you know. But this this the Dead Are Rising is so more detailed because it not only talks about Malcolm, it goes into you know how he grew up, um, how his father grew up, and his siblings, and then throughout his time in the Nation of Islam, and then you know his departure from that and it, it goes deep man it's, details matter i, I, it, I oh, i'm a really firm does. person i am a firm uh person that believes details matter uh i'm naturally a person who likes to learn the people that i uh share my time with 
you know, I think that the more I learn about you, the better I can service you, the better I can love you. You know, we don't take certain things personally because we understand. And I, I, you know, talking about black men and young men and emotions, I learned that through uh, navigating a relationship with my father. Mm -hmm. I had expectations of what I thought my father should be, what he, the things that he wasn't, et cetera, et cetera. But my sister said to me one day, and I would never forget this. My sister said to me one day, she said, you expect him to be a way he doesn't know how. And that prompted me to mm. see how he grew up. What was his father like? What was his life like? And it goes back. You cannot teach what you were not taught. Mm. You know, and I wanted him to be more emotionally available. I wanted him to be more uh, comforting and stuff like that. But that's not what he grew up in. So he didn't know that. And, you know, some people naturally will uh, learn what they didn't, what they didn't have, but everybody's not like that. Some people, listen, we have children, we pull from our examples that we had, positive or negative, you know. That's true. And that that's something. So with those details, man, details help you understand a person because naturally, we're, we're natural humans. We're going to take things personally because they may seem this way or that way. But if you don't have a backstory to understand, if you really care about that person and you really want to solve problems, this is key. If you want to solve problems, you have to understand what created the issue. And you know what? I think that some of it, now this is just me spitballing here, of course. All right. You know, I, I have multiple opinions on things but it's like as you get older you know i spoke earlier about you know when you have discontent towards your parents but you don't know what that relationship entailed right because you were a kid right. you didn't understand that but as you get older and not only having relationships but then you start having children of your own and then you start seeing like okay well hey maybe maybe this was happening to them and this is why you know maybe they just weren't strong enough to say you know what we're going to put this to the side, sacrifice this just for the sake of this family. But, you know, sometimes leaving is the best thing. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think that every, every problem does can't always be worked out. Uh, and sometimes you can try the other person may not be receptive or it just doesn't work. You know, as the saying goes, some people are in your life for a season, some mm -hmm. people are life for long term, you know, but that comes with discernment you know, being able to discern the differences in real time. That's a, that's a practice that takes a lot of prayer, a lot of practice and a, and a healthy lifestyle so that your mind is not so crowded that you can't hear clearly. Absolutely. Cause yeah. it was a long time for me growing up. I was just angry, you know what I'm saying? Just angry. And over time, and I'm telling you them sisters, man, my sister, my sister, Crystal in particular, you know, she just was talking to me like, look, you know, you and dad need to be close. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, right? Right. But as I started seeing my father started reaching out and having a relationship with my kids, I'm like, you know, that's important. And I'm just like, man, what am I what am I holding on to here to be? So I, I had to let all that go, man, and having him officiate my wedding. Mm -hmm. I was there. Oh, man. Oh, my God. That, that meant the world to me, man. It, it really did. And it's funny, too, because that was the first time I met your father. I didn't I couldn't tell that you all didn't have a, a great, healthy relationship. I had no idea. 
you know, as as a kid, you don't think much about it. But then, you know, teenage years, when you're trying to figure out who you are, and I'm just in the streets ripping and running, or you know, what I'm saying, going through my rebellious stage, I ain't really, like I said, I ain't really trying to hear what no man got to say to me for real. But it took time and to grow up, you know. Yeah, and that's, that's <laughs> a good, yeah, that's the thing there to to mature. And okay. to learn and to be open to, you know, let's 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 talk about what the problem is. And I mean, we had a conversation. We had that conversation, my father and I. And it was just to get clarity. And like I said, man, he played a a very um, perfect, not not perfect. I won't say, but he he plays a a very um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for here, but he plays that that role that I need. Not only in just like giving fatherly advice, but he helps me, you know, in perception of things. Hey, look, t- look at it from this way, right? right? Which is the same thing that I try to do for my son. Like, hey, look, this is this may be what you how you feel, but think about it from this way. And I t- I try to tell him like, hey, as you get older, hey, your favorite color may be blue right now, but as you get older, you may be like, hey, this the color green ain't too bad. Yeah, um, you know. Taking in, I will, I will always say like what you just said about taking in different perspectives. I'm guessing that's what you were talking about when you were speaking to your son. Like, I know this is what you think and this is what you see, but have you took in the possibility to looking at it from a different angle? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times our what we see is influenced by our emotions, it's influenced by our past, it's influenced by our fears, our insecurities, all of that. And, and so- our peers. Right. And so sometimes <laughs> only gonna, and our peers, we're only going to see that. But sometimes to take take time to try to see it from the other perspective, that doesn't mean that you're going to agree with the other perspective. It doesn't mean that the other pr- perspective is right, but it gives us another vantage point to look at the at the situation. And sometimes we see things that we didn't catch from ours. You know, I've definitely mm-hmm. been a person like that, like I'll, I'll go back to my divorce. Um, you know, being married young, stuff like that, it didn't work out. And I was angry, you know, after the fact, because I'm focused on, I was angry at the things that were done to me. Right. And then just like when we talked about earlier through journaling and all that, I was writing out that anger and I was writing it out and I was reading it. And when I came back to, to read it some time later, I had to take in a different perspective. Like, okay, where did she come from? What was her life growing up? Was this intention was her was her intent trying to do this to me or this or was it because of this? This is just a practice that she knew that she might not be aware of. That gave me it gave me the ability to be able to forgive and it lightened the load off of my life. And I was able to continue and have a healthier life because harboring anger. Uh, having trust issues and stuff like that only hinders ourselves. And how, yeah. how old were you at the time of your divorce or were y'all were married? Uh, I, I want to say, I think when we got divorced, I was somewhere like 26, 27. Oh, y'all were young. Yeah, yeah, I was still young. Even though I, I had two children, you know, it was still young. And being able to navigate, being able to communicate effectively. You know, people always say communication is key. I say communication is important. Comprehension is key. And that's something Mm, mm. I'm big on. Comprehension is key. One thing that we do is we can talk about whatever, but 
are you under are you interpreting what I'm saying correctly? And I and am I doing the same for you? We may speak the same language, English, but that don't mean that we speak it the same way. Mm. You grew up one way, your family might talk one way, and it was okay for your family, it works for them. I may grow up in a way where that situation doesn't work for me. I and my family and vice versa. So you have to, once again, going back to learning the people, you have to take time to learn the people, have those conversations, and then be okay with asking the questions like, hey, you know, the best practice I always say is say what you're going to say. And then when the person is to reply, have them just say back what they heard. So that way, you know, if they're if they're receiving what you're giving the right way, because There's no miscommunication. Man. Listen, miscommunication is one of the biggest. I would I would say one of the biggest uh, starters of so many divorces, breakups, problems, conflicts, everything, because comprehension is key. Everybody can talk. But do, do we understand each other? You know, mm-hmm. and that 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 part um, you said there, like I believe earlier, you said like when you're fighting for a relationship, uh, a lot of people they may have that misconstrued. Fighting for that relationship sometimes is just you know saying that you're wrong. Yeah, and right? just, like yeah, that could change a lot. Very true, and and so. There's a book um, that I just, somebody, I was having a conversation yesterday and somebody brought it up. So all of us are familiar with the book, The Five Love Languages, right? There's thought, a book. Yeah, yeah. I, thought it, I thought it was four. It's five? Yes, The Five Love Languages. Okay. There's another part of that book, a spinoff called, I think it's called The Five Apology Languages or. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was, I was thinking of The Four Agreements. You're right. Five yeah. Love Languages. So it's Got a, it. They, they wrote another one about the five ways to apologize. And that is something that is important because I've also been a person who I, when I was younger, I had a theory like, you know, yeah, apologies are important. They show that we acknowledge that I did something and it, it bothered you in a way. So I want to apologize for that. But how we apologize, you know, is important as well because sometimes we're apologizing. We think we're doing the right thing, but we're just blame shifting. Hmm. Like, oh, I'm sorry what I said made you feel that way. But is that really an apology? Like, hmm. if you're not, if you don't, if you're not apologetic for what you're saying, then don't apologize. I want you to be true you. If you're not sorry, then don't say you are. You know what I'm saying? But if you are, own it. And another thing, too, once we go into learning people, is learning how people how people talk because some people are owning it and they are apologists sincerely but maybe we grew up in a situation where when somebody said that they were uh full of crap i i prefer giving clarity i prefer saying hey this is why xyz this is why i said this or this is why i did this yes and just to try to give you a perspective you know what i'm saying so then from there then you can say okay well I have an issue with you, that you did this. You right. didn't have to do it that way. It could have been a different way you could have went about it. Then from there, if we can come agreement on it, okay, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And just apologize and move on. Yeah. Um, and okay, so I asked, Let me add this to the end of that. Also, after the apology, change behavior. Now, it's, that's key. It's key.
All right. Hello, I'm back. All right, so we're back into it. All right, and what, what were we going over? You remember uh, we, we were talking about that last part about apologizing, change behavior, and I just wanted to say, like, behavior change behavior isn't always oh i'm gonna get it right the first time after i apologize and i'm gonna practice you we have to make sure that we give people grace just like the first time you ride a bike and you say you got it and you go out on your own and you fall but you know you keep getting up as long as the person is continually trying and moving forward in the right direction give them grace if they don't care if they're not doing that cut them off but if they're trying, give them grace. You know, grace is Makes important. Sense to me. Makes sense. All right, so we went over what the, the latest book you're reading. What's the favorite piece of literature that you've read so far? Now, you know, that's a hard question, man. I, ah, that's why. I, so, all right. Here at the All Is Well podcast, baby, we ask the hard questions. Right, right. The hard <laughs> all right, so I got two that I really appreciate. Um mm-hmm. The first one is No More Excuses by Tony Evans. I love that Mm. book. It was the book. I read this book. I was probably like 24, 25. But that book shifted my understanding of what being a man spiritually uh, meant. You know, it taught me manhood is a synonym for responsibility. And it Mm. taught me some deep stuff when it came to even in a relationship. You know, when it comes to choosing your partners and picking your partners, it taught me that. And this is one of the things out the book. So it says, you know, let's say a man gets with a woman. She's let's say she has an issue. She's bad with money. Right. He complains Mm -hmm. about it. Oh, she's just horrible with money. But the perspective that it offers is this is the woman that you chose. If she was bad with money now, that means that she was bad with money when you were dating her when you asked her to marry you. So now that you have married her, her her flaws are now your responsibility. Now that doesn't mean that you can, you're gonna fix it or you have to do the work, but you, because you're the man you're leading that, you need to come with a plan of action. Either A, you're gonna teach her how to be better with money or you're going to take responsibility of handling the money because maybe that's just not her strong suit. But it's your responsibility to lead and to put a plan of action so that way you're not just sitting there complaining about it because what is that going to do so that mm-hmm. book uh definitely helped me and it shifted a lot of things for me to my understanding and made me to be able to look at things differently and really understand responsibility as it's intended you know as a man god sees it All right, go ahead. You said you had one more one more favorite book you wanted to throw in there. All right, the other book is it's an Oprah Winfrey book actually called The uh The Wisdom of Sundays. Now, this is a better audio book than it is to read because it's interviews with people. So in the audio book, it's the actual interview. It's a great book. It, they they share a lot of good stories, a lot of things that are very helpful in our life today. It's one of those books I definitely Tell people, if you got the audio book, man, put it on your, your speaker while you walking around the house and just listen. It's a great read, something I definitely strongly uh, advise to get. The wisdom. I don't know, man. It's something about actually turning the pages, man. I don't know. 
Now I can't so, I can't quite get into the audio books yet. Now every audio book that I listen to, I also own the book because I want to own it after I finish it. I want that sense of accomplishment. So I own the book. But mm-hmm. some books are better to listen to versus to read. Some are better to read. And that one is one that's better to listen to because it's a book of interviews. Okay. So that's my those are my two right. Okay, cool. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for uh, not only just agreeing to you know sit here and chop it with me, man. Making this my always my first one. I think this was a, a pretty dope talk, man. You know, discuss a few things, and we will have to double back. Of course, I'm always uh, man. Just all you gotta do is reach out. I'm I'm looking for to do one with a couple of y'all. We're gonna we're gonna have to get together. It's gonna have to be in person. It's gonna be. We're going to go into some conversations, man. You know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to assemble a, a few minds, and we're going to sit in there, and we're we going to get to it. Listen, I'm always up for a good conversation, man, always. Absolutely, man. Well, once again, I do appreciate you, Mr. David Haddon. Thank um, you for having me. This has been a pleasure. Um, round of applause, of course, for my guy. Hey. You know. Thank you. Um, so, Enjoy the rest of your day, man. I will be with you soon. Ain't it starting to warm up, man? We got to pull them bikes out. Yes, sir. I'm ready when you're ready. All right. I'm going to hit you. Once again, appreciate you, man. What's your handle once again? If anybody wants to follow me, I am at the Artful Panda, just like the bear. Regular English, at the Artful Panda. Man, y'all follow my guy. He's also a pretty dope photographer, man. So y'all may want to get in contact with him, man. Appreciate that. Use the use the the code. Uh, I know Mr. Winfrey. <laughs> hey, special discount. Special discount. Sure. Hey man, I appreciate you, man. You enjoy the rest of your day, all right, bro. All right, Chief. Take it easy. All right, man. Once again, all is well. All is well. All right, all right man. I'll let you. All right, so that was All Is Well podcast with my guest, Mr. David Haddon. Once again, his Instagram handle is the Artful Panda. Once again, that's at the Artful Panda. Um, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Next week, I'll be speaking with someone close to me, my cousin slash brother, Mr. Marcus Evans, aka Big Cleave. So hopefully y'all tune in and uh, y'all enjoy that one as well. All right, stay safe and I hope all is well.